Chapter 7 8.25 p.m. Yeah! I screamed in thought speak as the deadly windshield blew toward me. Flash! The jungle! Sudden movement in the deep bush. A cocked arm. A human arm belonging to a kid. A spear flew. I saw it coming for me. Saw the bamboo point, blackened with deadly poison. One scratch and I was dead. I... Flash! Spear! No! Windshield! My wings beat the air at hundreds of strokes per second. I was fast, but not fast enough. A downdraft. A vicious wind that sucked me toward the windshield. I fought it, then... In a split second, the wind became a magic carpet. The power of my wings. The slipstream of wind. I missed the top of the windshield by a millimeter. I could actually see color-distorted human faces inside the car. I saw their glowing eyes as I flew past and over and seriously hauled my little fly butt up and up and up. Jake? You still with us, Jake? Rachel asked. Oh yeah, I said. Barely, but I'm here. You know, they really need to lower the speed limits. Cars shouldn't go more than maybe 10 miles per hour. We passed the road and left the eerie stream of fast lights behind us. We got slammed by more raindrops, but personally, I was past caring about that. Then, even through the cleansing rain, I began to smell the grocery store. The fly sensed food. We didn't need Tobias to guide us the rest of the way. Our fly bodies were eager to head for the smell of rotting garbage. I was still reeling from the twin sensations of being attacked by a windshield and a spear. The jungle visions were so real. They were so absolutely real. I mean, I felt every single thing while I was in them. I felt the heat and humidity on my skin. I felt bugs buzzing my face. I felt... But I didn't have time for that now. The Safeway was beyond our ability to see. I mean, it was just so big it had no meaning to our fly eyes. What had meaning to the fly was that there was food up ahead. We zipped in under the plastic sheeting that covered the damaged wall. Once inside the store, everything was very bright. I saw brilliant lights that seemed to be spewing a whole rainbow of unusual colors. There were people walking around below us. There was machinery moving. And there was a mound, a mountain of food, all shoveled into one corner. The controllers had simply used earth movers to shove all the shelves, the freezers, the refrigerators, the loose cans, the glass meat display case, the donuts and cupcakes from the bakery area, the flowers, the cooked chicken and beans. Everything that had been in the store, all into one corner. You know, Marco said, if you throw in some dog poop, this would be fly heaven. We are not alone, Axe pointed out. There seem to be many others of this species here. He was right. We had chosen the right morph. There had to be 10,000 flies in that store. I could hear them and smell them and even see them as they flew past. Well, no one is going to notice us, that's for sure, Cassie said. We could dive right in. Excuse me? Hello? 
we're not here to eat garbage and make maggots. I said, We are in and out, so let's pay attention. What's going on here? Well, there's that big thing in the middle of the room. Cassie said. That's what all the controllers are clustered around. Let's get closer, I suggested. We zipped in our crazy fly way toward the middle of the store. There was a huge object there, as big as a small house, I would have guessed. But it's hard to tell how big something is when you are less than a quarter inch long. Wait, I think I hear Chapman's voice, Cassie said. I don't know how you can make sense out of all this noise, Rachel grumbled. I've done the flymorph more than you have, Cassie said. Remember, I was in flymorph when I spied on Chapman at the mall. There he is! I'm going closer! I couldn't see where Cassie was going or where she landed. One fly looked pretty much like the next, and the store was like a fly airport. Flies were zipping all around. Cassie, where are you? I'm close to Chapman, she said. On his head, actually. On the bald spot. Get off of there. He could swat you. Wait, I'm listening. I buzzed around aimlessly, afraid for Cassie, and trying to figure out what on earth the big thing was. Whoa, Cassie said. Whoa, whoa. What, what, what? I asked. Whoa. What? Whoa! I practically yelled in frustration. What's going on? It's a bug fighter, Cassie said. It's something new. An experimental bug fighter. Faster. More weapons. A new prototype bug fighter. Bug fighters are the small, basic Yurg spacecraft. They look like a streamlined cockroach with two long, serrated spears pointing forward. Those are the Dracon beams. What's it doing here? In a safe way? Marco asked. It crashed. Duh. Rachel said. I don't know. Cassie said. Chapman isn't talking about how it got here. He's just telling this other controller it has to be out of here in three hours, or Visitor 3 is going to be madder than he already is. The guy says it's almost ready to go. He just needs to run some tests. Three hours will be no problem. Chapman says, good, because if it's three hours and one minute, I'll personally feed you to Visitor 3 for a snack. Three hours? Tobias said. I was surprised to hear his thought speak voice. Tobias, I thought you went for cover. The rain stopped, he said. And I can see down into the store. They've knocked a hole in the roof so the security guys up on the roof can get down into the store quickly. There's a ladder. I'm flying over. What do you see up there? A bunch of nervous human controllers with machine guns. What should we do? Rachel wondered. In three hours, they could fly this thing out of here. If only we could get some TV news people here. Cassie mused. If people could see this thing and have proof... The Yurks have too many people at the local TV stations and newspapers, I pointed out. You know what we could do, though? Rachel began. Uh-oh, a suggestion from Rachel, Marco groaned. What we could do is steal this thing. Steal it and do what with it? Tobias wondered. I laughed. We could always steal it and fly it to Washington and land it on the White House lawn. Let the Yurks try and cover that up. I meant it as a joke. Really, 
a joke. Hey, Rachel said, that could work. Axe, can you fly that thing? Tobias asked. I am an Andalite, Axe said. That's just a Yurk fighter, even if it is experimental. No second-rate Yurk technology is too sophisticated for me. But we'd have to do this, like, right now, Cassie pointed out. Yep, Rachel said. Right now, Jake? There can't be many people inside the bug fighter, Axe pointed out. They usually only have a crew of two. At most, there would be four or five technicians inside, Prince Jake. Yeah, well, four or five people versus five houseflies is not good odds for us, I said. It was moments like this that I resented. Moments when I tended to make the decisions. And when I would carry the responsibility. Still. I can hear the gears in Jake's little brain grinding away, Marco joked. Still, I said. There may be a way. Chapter 8 8.32 p.m. Okay, fellow flies, into the bug fighter. We zoomed crazily around the outside of the huge-seeming bug fighter till we spotted a door. Inside, we saw the blurry, strangely colored shapes of humans. Actually, human controllers. We buzzed right inside. I count five people. Rachel said. Just what I expected, I said. I was trying to sound confident, to help everyone else stay calm. But I was tense. I was on edge. This was a spur-of-the-moment plan, thought up by a guy who was having jungle hallucinations. It was a desperate, possibly stupid plan. I didn't know for sure. It could easily end with Tobias dead. Maybe the rest of us as well. But Tobias was thrilled to be playing a major role. Tobias, you ready? Anytime you say, Jake. Once around the room, that's it, I warned him. You're the boss, Tobias said. Okay, now. Outside the grocery store, Tobias had been gaining altitude, which was extremely difficult in the cool night air. Hawks are not night birds, but Tobias flapped his way up and up, always keeping sight of the bright hole in the grocery store roof. Here I come! Tobias yelled. He plunged at maximum speed, straight for the hole in the roof. I'm inside! I could tell, because right away there was shouting, yelling, orders being barked out. Then... Gunfire! They were shooting at him! These guys couldn't hit... Yikes! That was close! The plan called for Tobias to provide a distraction. The Yurks knew we used bird morphs. They would know that a hawk did not belong flying around inside a store. They would put two and two together. They would know Tobias was not a real hawk. Someone was firing a machine gun. Even with my vague fly hearing, I could hear the air shaking with the noise. Hundreds of rounds were being fired inside the store. A human voice yelled something like, Get out here and help! It's an Andalite bandit in Morph! That's what the Yurks think we are. Andalites. The technicians inside the bug fighter went piling out the exit, glad of the chance to take shots at an Andalite bandit. That's enough, Tobias. Bail out! Bail out of here! I yelled. 
Axe, morph! Everyone, morph! Now, now, now! Can't get out! Tobias cried. The guys on the roof are shooting down through the hole! Of course. Why hadn't I realized that? Of course they would block Tobias's escape. I was still mostly fly, but morphing as fast as I could. I could feel myself getting bigger. I could see my fly wing shriveling away. Tobias couldn't escape. They'd get him. Sooner or later, no matter how fast he flew, they'd get him. An answer. An answer. I needed an answer. I needed to... Tobias! Tobias, this way! I yelled. Inside the bug fighter! No, that will draw them after... Yeah! Whoa! That one clipped my tail feathers! Come inside! I yelled. Whatever you say! Tobias said. My human eyes were just re-emerging as Tobias blew in through the door of the bug fighter. I looked left. A horrifying creature with a small scorpion tail and fly legs and a semi-humanoid face with a giant proboscis was trying to work the controls of the ship with clumsy fly stick legs. It was Axe, halfway through morphing. Suddenly, the door shut. Or in this case, the bulkhead simply dimpled and closed up again, eliminating the door. They're in the bug fighter! I heard Chapman howl in rage. They're in the bug fighter! Get them! I was mostly human now, but still at that stage where I wouldn't have wanted to see myself in a mirror. The rest were coming out of morph too. Cassie was fastest, as usual. She was already checking Tobias for wounds. Axe was almost fully Andalite once more. Axe, get us out of here, I said as my human mouth returned. Yes, Prince Jake. I didn't waste time telling him not to call me Prince. These are unusual controls, Axe admitted. Bullets rattled against the bugfighter's outer skin. Then I heard the grinding sound of the engine. Through the cockpit window, I saw the controllers turning big earth movers toward us. They're gonna ram us, Marco warned. Axe? I asked tersely. I think I... I don't know, Prince Jake. I can try, but it may not work. Just do it! I yelled. There was a whirring noise. Lights came on all over the cockpit. A sound like a low siren. I found the on switch, Axe said. Great, Marco said. Now find the get us the heck out of here switch. I felt the ship lift up off the Safeway floor. It rose just a foot and sort of wallowed slightly, side to side. The heavy equipment was still coming for us. Axe turned the fighter, pointing it toward the missing wall. Is that plastic sheeting very strong? Axe asked. Let's find out, I said. Then, whoosh! It was like getting kicked in the chest. We all tumbled backward. All but Axe, who has four legs. The acceleration was incredible. The bugfighter rocketed forward. We blew through the plastic sheeting. We blew across the parking lot. We arced up toward the dark night sky. We did it, Rachel yelled. Sorry about the acceleration, Axe said. I forgot that humans fall over easily. Just get us out of here, Axe, Marco said. We're going to Washington, D.C. to meet the president. Chapter 9 8.42 p.m. It was crowded inside the bugfighter, especially because Axe takes up a lot of room. 
But we huddled together and looked over Axe's shoulder as he worked the controls. And we looked past Axe, out through the transparent panels at the front of the bugfighter. This ship is very difficult to handle, Axe said. The design is strange. Some controls are psychotronic, but others require physical handling. Unfortunately, these controls are designed for taxons. They have more hands than I. Can we do anything to help? I asked. Someone should take weapons station, Axe said. Cool, Marco said. He leapt forward, but I was closer. I slipped into the area beside Axe. Axe's pilot seat wasn't a seat at all, of course. Taxons are like huge centipedes, so they can't really sit. Which was good, because Axe doesn't sit either. But the weapon station was built for Hork-Bajir. Hork-Bajir are seven feet tall and have thick, spiky tails, but they do sit. No way you should handle the weapons, Marco said, leaning over my shoulder. I kick your butt in video games. Yeah, right, I said. In some alternate universe, maybe. Grab the joystick, Marco suggested. As strange as it seems, there actually was a joystick. It was for much bigger hands than mine, and the two buttons on it were clumsy to reach. But it was a joystick. Maybe I should test the weapons, I said to Axe. Yes, he said tersely, distracted. We were rising up through the atmosphere. We were above the clouds already. I could see brief flashes of the lights of the city down below, but mostly it was clouds and more clouds. But we weren't rising as fast as I would have expected. Axe was definitely working to control the ship. I looked ahead, saw nothing in the way, and pressed one of the buttons on the joystick. Nothing. Axe glanced over. That was the safety. The Dracon beam should be armed now. See the screen before you? The red circle is how you aim. Use a combination of moving the joystick, but also use your mind. Marco put his hand on my shoulder. Phasers on full power, he said in a Captain Picard English accent. Arm photon cannons. If the Borg want a fight, we'll give them one. Make it so. I moved the joystick and watched the target circle track across the screen. It still showed nothing but starry sky. That should be safe enough. I squeezed the second button. Twin red beams of light fired forward, converging too far away for me to see. Yes! Most splendid! Marco yelled. Okay, that was cool, I admitted, trying not to cackle like an idiot with his first video game. Boys with their toys, Cassie teased gently. Prince Jake? Axe said. I must apologize. Why? I did not at first realize. This bugfighter's cloaking field is not working. It took a few seconds for me to track on that. You mean, people can see us? The clouds will hide us from people on the ground, Axe said. But human radar will observe us. In fact, they have already observed us. Uh-oh. Maybe we better get higher, I suggested. Yes, but we are rising slowly. I don't know why. And there are two objects approaching us. Probably just airliners, Rachel said. The objects are moving at one and a half times the speed of sound, Axe said. Okay, that's not a passenger plane, Marco said. 
I groaned. Military jets. Oh man, it's the Air Force after us. They're good guys. They're on our side. We can't shoot them down. Suddenly, swoosh, swoosh. Two pale gray jets blew past us. The backwash rattled the bugfighter. I can access their radio signal, Ak said. And a second later, we heard the voice of one of the pilots. Um, base control, I, um, bogeys of an unknown type. Say again, unknown type. Definitely unknown, the other pilot said. I looked at Axe. We really don't want to get shot down by a couple of F-16s. No, Prince Jake. That would be embarrassing. I believe I now know how to increase... Fawoom! Suddenly, we were out of there. Out of the clouds. Out of the atmosphere. Yes! This thing can move! Marco exulted. We need to buy this game. We heard a fainter, crackling voice over the radio. Then we were out of range, still zooming up into black space. Below us, I could see the curvature of the Earth. It looked just like one of those pictures the shuttle astronauts take from up in orbit. That's so beautiful, Cassie said. Look at that! You can see daylight coming up over the Red Sea. Excuse me, Tobias said. But I don't think the Red Sea is exactly on the way to Washington, D.C. Yeah, I guess not, I said although it was such a wonderful sight that I almost didn't want to worry about where we were going. Ox, maybe we should slow down, get some idea of where Washington is, and- No! No! Ax snapped. I was shocked. Ax is always polite. No, Prince Jake, he said a little more calmly. We cannot slow down. What's the matter? Cassie asked him. Ax pointed at one of the view screens before him. On the screen, I saw stars. Then the moon came into view, a vast gray and white light bulb. And silhouetted against the glowing moon was a shape. It was like some medieval battle axe. The rear half was a two-headed blade. From the middle, like an axe handle, extended a long shaft. At the end of the shaft was a triangular head, very much like an arrow's point. It was black on black. And even if you had never seen it before, and had no idea what it was, you'd know right away, it was death. I had seen it. I knew what it was. The blade ship, I whispered. The blade ship of Visser 3. Hello, Phantomorphs, and welcome back to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, I am your host, Daniel. And thank you for listening to another episode. We are just trucking along. I really don't have anything special to say, so let's just get those end show notes and get out of here. This is, of course, Audiomorphs. If you listen on iTunes and, you know, the spirit moves you and you want to leave me a rating and review, I sure would appreciate that. If you know a friend who might be interested in the show and you would like to tell them about that, I'd sure appreciate that as well. If you'd like to contact me, you know, just say hi or ask some questions or... You know, this or that. Whatever. You can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. I'd also like to give a shout out to my other podcast, OK Crusader, 
which can be found at shoutengine.com slash okcrusader or wherever you'd find a podcast. Just plug in the word okcrusader, all one word. It should pop up. This is one where I get guests on and we discuss how dateable we find random Marvel characters from the unofficial Marvel fan wiki. It's very goofy, very raunchy, very dumb. Uh, If it sounds like your cup of tea, be sure to check it out. Okay, that is all I am willing to talk about this week, so I will see you next week, where this story takes a very sudden and weird turn. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.